Welcome to the 1110 Leadership Podcast, where we tackle issues at the intersection of leadership, faith, and culture. I'm your host, Rob Shields, Vice President of Strategy at 1110 Leadership, and I'm joined by my co-host, founder and CEO of 1110 Leadership, David Spickard. Proverbs 1110 lays out a bold and countercultural vision. When the righteous prosper, the city rejoices. We're here to ask, what does it look like practically to be this type of leader? Leaders willing to invest everything they have so that everyone around them can thrive. Join us on the journey as we lean in, listen, and learn how to become Proverbs 11.10 kind of leaders. The kind of leaders that make our cities rejoice. Rob. We're back. Yes. We secured the funding for episode two. We got the, the pilot got picked up. Very encouraged. Super encouraged. That's right. It's amazing. I think we're just going to roll this momentum all the way through this first I, season. I didn't realize our first episode was that good. Did you also not realize that we were? It was a tryout. That the, the episode two wasn't a guarantee. I'm just oh, kidding. Perfect. No, that was, that was <laughs> I didn't want to. I didn't want to make you nervous. It was helpful for me not to know. <laughs> okay, so episode one, you teed up this acronym Thrive. We're going to dive in. We're rolling up our sleeves with that first letter, T standing for trust. If people right now, this is a disclaimer. If you have not listened to the first episode, pause now. It's only, you know, just over 10 minutes long. That's going to really help frame up the entire series. So I know you're going to want to skip to the meat, but I would not skip episode one because we, we really lay a solid foundation. So if you're, if you're new to tuning in, someone shared this episode with you because they listened to episode one and we're so pumped, go back. You're going to want to start at the beginning to understand the origin story. So, all right, David, we're here to talk about trust. Are we ready? I'm ready. Ready. Let's let's just dive straight into this. Why is trust so important for leaders? Well, it's probably pretty obvious. I mean, it, honestly, it's the first place where we start when we're working with companies. If you don't have trust within your culture, it is extremely difficult to be successful. I mean, it's just it's as simple as that. And there's tons of studies that have done been done around trust and employee engagement and even success of companies. Harvard Business Review revealed that compared with people at low trust companies, people at high trust companies report less stress, more energy at work, higher productivity, fewer sick days, more engagement, more satisfaction with their lives, and less burnout. You know, all of us have been in places where you can tell sort of the trust quotient within your culture, your company culture, whether there's a sense of openness and people feel like they can be who they're, you know, they feel free in their work. And then other places where, you know, it's just like walking on eggshells and people are avoiding each other and not saying what they really think and all of that. And so it's really key for leaders to know how to create a, a high trust environment within their business. Yeah, that really, really resonates. And I think probably all of our listeners can close their eyes and it doesn't take long to, to remember a scenario or a work setting where there was, there was low trust and kind of what that does to impact a culture, even a really highly successful one, you know, from a bottom line perspective that had low trust and there was not a lot of trust within that culture. But it's also a concept that rarely makes it into a strategic plan, right? Like show me a company that has a a goal they've named, a smart goal around trust. Mm -hmm. We're really going to build trust to really attack 
you know, some of these stats that you just named uh, so that we're, we really have a thriving culture where, where people truly trust each other. Why, David, why is trust so difficult to build? Good question. Well, first of all, I would say this is probably the one of the key big ideas we're trying to work with uh, with our with our CEOs. This idea of moving from a place where they have hired people to help them run their business versus getting to the place where they're running their business through their people. And to be able to do that well, you have to have high trust and. What makes it so difficult is, one, the loss of control. You know, up to that point, many leaders have built their businesses and now they're trusting others to do things the way that they want them done and they have a hard time not being in control. And most leaders have been successful because they're good at control. And letting go of control is really, really tough. Number two, it's fear of having their people make mistakes then if they're going to empower them. You know, it's they're very hesitant to have them go with, say, a key client and do something wrong and then have to make up for that mistake. Many leaders feel like, well, I can just do it better. I'm just going to do it. So they don't trust their people to do it which at the end of the day is about their identity, which is number three, what makes this hard, <clears throat> that they feel like you know, their company, their business is a reflection on them. And therefore, you know, if things are not done well, done right, done at the level that they want them to be, that their expectations aren't met, then it ultimately comes back to their identity and how they feel their business and their work and ultimately their people reflect on them as the leader of the company. And so it's very difficult for them to feel the freedom to let go and truly trust their people. And, you know, honestly, at the end of the day, there's a sense that I'm even better than my people. I don't feel like I have, you know, a sense that I truly trust them and really feel like they have the ability to do the work that I need them to do. And pe some people really have to be honest with that, with that particular feeling. The greatest sign of leadership is hiring people who are smarter and better, better than you are, you know? And you hear that a lot, but if we're really honest, a lot of times we just feel like we're the better one to handle the situation, and so we're just going to do it instead of trusting our people. Hmm. Yeah, in our, our first episode, you talked about kind of this is really as a leader, as a leader, this is an inner, inner journey that we have to be willing to go on. And so I, I, I'm assuming most people, human nature is when you, when you talk about trust, you immediately go to let me talk about how why my employees, the people I lead, aren't trustworthy, That's you right. know, why I can't trust them as far as I can throw them. And what you're really saying is we first have to look in a mirror, kind of wrestle with our own identity and what are what are we doing to contribute to a culture that has trust that permeates it. And that starts kind of looking inwardly before we look outwardly, which I, I love. So if I'm, if I'm a leader, I'm listening to you unpack this and I'm asking myself, shoot, I mean, I don't, I don't know if my people trust me or not. You know, how, how does a leader know if their people trust them? And I guess kind of the flip side of that coin, which you, I'd love to hear you react to as well. is like, how do they know how do their people know that they trust them? Does that make sense? Like how, how does a leader know if their people trust them? And then also how, how do your people know that you trust them? 
Yeah. That is that as confusing? Uh, yeah, let me try to make sense of that. So I mean, yeah, make maybe it makes sense. So if maybe I'm a, yeah. I'm a, if I'm a leader, how do I know that they trust me? I don't know that there's a formula, but I think there's a real sense of openness that you feel from them. There's a sense that they feel safe when they're around you, that they follow through. They even enjoy being around you. And I would say, too, that they're willing to say hard things. Like, there can be open, honest conversations because they feel like they, with that honesty, they're not threatened by you and your leadership, nor do they feel like their job is threatened if they can be honest. And that's huge for leaders to be able to create an atmosphere where good, constructive conflict can be experienced on both sides. So you don't, there's not a sense of walking on eggshells. There's no side conversations. There's no gossip, things like that. That's how you know. And in terms of how do your people know that you trust them? Yeah, that's a good question. I think a lot of the same things, you know, you're open with them. You, you, you give them responsibility. I think that's big. You trust them to make decisions. You hold them accountable. You invest time in them. You push them and affirm them. And you're willing to let them make mistakes. Like I said at the beginning, you know, there's a sense that they feel like you are their biggest fan and that you're coaching them, you're putting them in the game. You're not having them sit on the sidelines. You're, you're training them. You're giving them the tools that they need to do their job. Now, there are a lot of variations along that, that, you know, sometimes people aren't ready yet to go into the game. And so you got to be careful with all that. But, but when people know that you're investing in them and you're trying to get them to a place where they can go in and make decisions and you trust them, then that that's when they know. Hmm. As I hear you talk, it's, it's, that that distinction between you got to put them in the game and empower them, but you also have to know when to put them in the game, right? right? And a coach, you know, that, barring the sports analogy, they have to in order to know when is the right time to do that. They got to know their players. They got to know what their players can handle, and that that means they have to have spent time with their players. So it, it's I know that R is later in the acronym for Thrive, and we're going to get to relationships mm-hmm. later. But all these things, all these letters are not to be studied in a vacuum. They all are connected, you know, to a, a big single picture. So I and love that just, it, it yeah. is as, as simple and as complicated as relationships. For sure. And just to add to that, you know, again, most leaders have a huge checklist of things that they need to get done. And spending time with their people usually is not one of them. Mm. They think that's an extra thing that they have to do versus a main thing. Mm. And it takes a reorientation of how you view your day when you're a leader and your people to, to be really intentional and and diligent about investing meaningful time in your people to build that trust and to prepare them for the work that they need to do. Landing the plane here, David. So how, how does a leader build trust practically with their people? And maybe in on the other side of that, maybe if there's trust that has been broken and a leader's listening to this conversation saying, man, I've got, I've got some repair work to do. What is your advice for them to go about repairing trust once broken? That's a good question. You know, every situation is, is specific, but there's some general ideas. I think 
you know, it's very important. We'll get to this in relationships as well for the leader to be vulnerable, to be open to feedback, particularly when trust is broken, to give their people the freedom to speak in to their leadership and to help them see what they're doing well and what they're not doing well and where they can improve. And that even just asking that question almost more than getting the, the answers, just having the process of opening up yourself to receive that feedback is a huge step to build trust. I know of many instances where employees are saying to themselves, if only I could share this thing about my leader, and if only my leader were willing to hear it, and if only my leader was willing to then internalize that, not feel defensive, and really see that as an opportunity to grow, man, that would that would solve so many of our problems. So, so much of this has to do with the openness and the willingness of the leader to receive that feedback. But then it's also, you know, that leader being a good communicator, being someone who's actively listening as a regular practice, who's able to confront conflict and hold people accountable and do that with humility, be consistent, be someone who follows through, even asks for forgiveness when when he or she makes mistakes. You know, again, it's about people interaction, having good emotional intelligence with our people to know how to engage with them and to be willing to be consistent over time. Yeah, I think about the assessment work that we do within companies and how we often say, you know, the, this does a powerful thing to name the levers that need to be pulled, you know, within within a company. But even before that, the biggest win oftentimes is just doing the act of doing the assessment itself of what it does to build trust, simply that you would be willing to take that look, communicate so powerfully to your employees, you kind of are already winning regardless of what the assessment says. Absolutely. And when we follow up the assessment by sharing the results with everybody who's been involved with the leader sitting there and having some hard conversations about the things that came out of the assessment, but but doing it in a way that's both winsome and also for the purpose of having everybody grow and win and create a flourishing, thriving environment, then it tees up honest conversations going forward that we found to be extremely helpful. All right, so let's leave it. Leave us, David. We'll, we'll we'll coin a new phrase here. Of you know, we'll speak the language of today's CEO. Right? Give us the bottom line. Just give us the high level summary. You know, I don't want to read all the paperwork. I just I want the one sentence takeaway. That's probably pro- highly problematic if a listener is saying, "Hey, I don't want to think that much about trust." It doesn't bode well for their willingness to work it into their calendar with their employees. But I do. I think being succinct at the end here, as we land the plane, what what is that bottom line thought that you want to leave with our listeners around trust? There's, there's a lot I could say, but if I were to say one thing, that's the bottom line around trust. It's trust takes time. And therefore, it's imperative for a leader to hang in there and to continue to show up, continue to stick with it, continue to be present, to be patient, and potentially to go through some hard things and navigating some of the, the challenges of building trust, but know that it's well worth it, worth the time, but it's not going to happen overnight. 
it's something you have to build over time. And, and I would just add to this, particularly in our cultural moment and the, the challenges culturally that are out there in the marketplace and navigating cultural difference now as leaders, which has become incredibly important skills that leaders need to develop to build trust across cultural lines, whether it's race, power, gender, economics, whatever it might be, really takes time. And oftentimes we don't stay in the game long enough to build deep levels of trust across those cultural lines. And it's very important that we we do that. So that's the bottom line. Trust Hmm. takes time. All right. Thank you, David. I'm looking forward to continuing to to work through this really powerful acronym and concept around thriving. So we'll, we'll see you on the flip side. Thanks, Rob. To learn more about 1110 Leadership, visit our website at 1110leadership.com. That's the numerals 11, then spelled out T-E-N leadership.com. That's 11-T-E-N leadership.com. There, you'll find more resources to equip you on the journey of becoming an 1110 leader. You can also get connected to our growing leadership network. If you've enjoyed this episode, share it with a friend. To help others find us, you can also rate and review us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts.